Thank you for listening to this message from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. Who here's ever been to a, a 7-Eleven? Raise your hands high. Yeah, everybody in the room. All right, cool. You know, 7-Eleven uh, was, was pretty big, I think, when most of us were probably growing up, at least when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s. It was kind of like the first uh, of its kind convenience store open 24-7, right? Uh, you know, for me, it was in the boys that I hung out with after we would play basketball or football, rumble, fumble, something like that. You need a Slurpee, you go to 7-Eleven, right? For the rest of us, if you needed bread, it was 11 at night, you go to 7-Eleven. If it was 2 in the morning, you needed peanut butter for your jelly, you go to 7-Eleven. You could go to 7-Eleven at any time. And now we got 24-7 convenience stores everywhere, but 7-Eleven was legit back in the day, wasn't it? Yeah? That's not what my message is about, though, okay? So... Uh, Actually, it's about Matthew 7-11, because let me tell you something. Matthew 7-11 is way more legit than the convenience store 7-11. It's so good. And I want to read to you the scripture right now out of the New Living Translation. So Matthew 7, we're going to start in verse 7. Keep on asking. This is a very well-known passage of scripture if you've been in church any length of time. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone, everyone say everyone. Everyone Everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So, if you sinful people, don't you love how Jesus spoke to people, (laughs) right? Super nice. So, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts, give good gifts, give good things, give good stuff, give good gifts to those who ask him? title of the message is 7-Eleven is legit. And that scripture is absolutely incredible. And we're gonna spend the rest of our time unpacking that together. But before we do, would you pray with me? Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for the time that we get together. I thank you that we are hungry for more of you, for more of your word, Lord. I pray that the remainder of our time would just be filled with your power, your presence, and that uh, you'd just continue to equip us and strengthen us, encourage us that we could take this teaching, apply it to our lives, Lord, that it would change us, that we would leave here different than how we came. And Father, we pray for some more warm weather. We'd be okay with warm weather, Lord. I mean, just bring it, please. Some more sun, some warmth. And God, if it's kind of on your radar, if the Tigers could beat the Yankees tonight, that'd be awesome too. In Jesus' name, we all together said, Amen, amen. Who here likes receiving gifts? Yeah, we live in America, right? (laughs) This is America. We all love gifts. And have you ever noticed, though, that there's actually two types of people as it comes to receiving gifts? There's that person who can receive a gift no matter what it is extremely well. And then there's other people like me who, if it's a a gift that you you don't necessarily ask for and you get something that you don't ask for, you don't really receive it well. Is that you? Raise your hand up. You're like me. Yeah, so uh, let, me, let me tell you a little story from my childhood. You know, if, if, if your household was like the Ains household, my household, growing up, we, we did uh, Christmas lifts, right? Uh, you, you made a list and you told Santa what you wanted, which you told your parents what you wanted, right? And, and so you put this list out 
And then the big day comes. It's Christmas morning. And the anticipation the night before, you know, you can't sleep. And then you finally get to sleep. Then you wake up a little bit early with your siblings. And then you, we, we made our way. Our staging area was the kitchen because then the kitchen kind of led to the stairs that led downstairs. And that's where my parents placed all of our Christmas stuff and all the Christmas goodies was down in the basement. And so we wake up and we're staged in the kitchen area. And Uncle Scott, my Uncle Scotty, ended up coming over with, and this is back in the day. Remember those camcorders that you had to actually hold on your shoulder, right? And you put your, you know, your, your hand up through it and it could, you know, rotate this way. It's, things have changed. Come on, somebody. And uh, Uncle Scotty's down there, and he brought his brand new camcorder over. This is 19, maybe 88. I'm eight or nine years old at the time. And, uh, and so he's downstairs with my mom and dad, and they're waiting for us. And we're just waiting for the, you know, all right, come on, kids, let's, let's come down. Finally, they give us the go-ahead, and we charge down the stairs. And so he's got camera rolling on us, and we jot, and we just jet down the stairs, and we get down there, and we're just extremely excited. I have a, one older brother and a younger sister. We're a year apart each way. My, my older brother's a year ahead of me. My sister's a year younger. And we just come downstairs anticipating getting everything that we asked for. Right, and all of a sudden you see my brother, and my brother, some of you here know my brother, he is a big guy, okay, he's, he's like 6'2", about 275 now, and he was always big growing up too, and he was at the time about 10 years old, but he was shaving, had chest hair at 10, it was awesome. You know, he was that guy in school, you remember those guys? That was my brother, and I'm not kidding, 12 years old, 6'1", 220, and a full beard, so... Uh, it was awesome. So we, we're running downstairs, and, and he grabs, you know, what he first saw, and we're looking at our, you know, they, how they would put your gifts in one area, and then your brother's over here, and then your sister's over there. So we're all in our respective areas looking at these gifts, and my brother grabs his Casio keyboard. He runs up to the camera. Uncle Scotty's still filming, and he just shouts at the top of his lungs in the highest-pitched voice possible, a Casio keyboard! Just what I wanted. I mean, he's freaking out, going crazy. And you know, he never even used the thing. You remember when you got those and all you did was press demo and you listened to the demos on them? You never actually learned how to play them? That is what happened with him. And then my sister's over there and she's going absolutely nuts, right? And the camera's on her. And then my Uncle Scott pans over to me. He gets the camera over on me and I'm standing there looking like this. What the? I grab a, a present, uh, I open it up, and it's a pair of socks. I'm like, <laughs> throw it on camera, right? Right on cue. Like, and I'm thinking, I didn't ask for this. This is not on my list. I don't need that. Don't want it. I'm not grateful for it because it's not on my list. And then I look over, and I see this life-size dinosaur blow-up that's in my respective area, right? And it's about as tall as I was, maybe a little bit taller at the time. And, and so I walk over to this thing and I stare it right in the eyes. And then I punched that thing and I punched it all the way across the room. Right, I'm just being so, my Uncle Scotty's back on the camera. He's laughing his head off, right? Getting a kick out of it. And I am, I, I, but I am just the worst when it comes to receiving gifts that I don't ask for. I always have been and I still am this way, but my wife, Lindsay, right here, has a gift from God that no matter what it is that she receives, I believe that she genuinely likes it. 
I could get her anything. And she's gonna, and even if she really doesn't like it, I've, somehow she, like in her heart, just can make it happen to where she actually genuinely likes it. I'm like, really, you like that, man? This is, you know, gift registries. You guys ever done gift registries? Right? This is amazing. This is America, right? We can actually go to stores. We can pick out everything that we want and tell people, this is what I want. Go look here. And then people go to the store and get it for you. That's crazy. <laughs> but we can do that in America, right? We, we do this. But have you ever had those people that go outside of the gift registry <laughs> and they decide to make something for you? Oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get them what they want. I'm gonna give them what they really, really want. I'm gonna make them something. But can we just please agree and acknowledge that there is literally about one to 2% of all human beings that can actually make something that is worthwhile <laughs> to give to somebody, right? Let's be honest, right? I mean, there's a few people. Angela, you'd probably be great at it, right? You know, and Scott, I don't know, man, maybe now. Um, so, but this is true, right? And then you have those people, and then it becomes more, have you ever noticed this? Because this is crazy. It becomes more about them. They sit there and they want to watch you open that gift that they made for you, right? And wait for your reaction. And I'm always like, you know, on a wedding night, for instance, you, you're opening up all your stuff. And you ever been with one of those families? The next day you do it, and they got to watch everything. You got to watch, you know, and you're opening up this stuff. Oh, Tupperware, this is awesome. Sweet. Skillet. Yep, I'm going to use that. Weber grill. Oh, I needed that one, right? And then you open up one of those gifts that somebody went outside, and you're like, what the heck is this, you know? But my wife. Oh my gosh, I love it. It is so awesome. It's so amazing, right? And I'm going, what is that? Like, what is that, you know? And I, I just, I'm, I'm horrible at receiving gifts. Just last week, my grandparents, the sweetest human beings on planet Earth, call our house. I'm watching the ball game. I'm watching a Tigers ball game, okay? So I don't want to be interrupted. I'm in my daddy's chair, you know, I'm watching the game, you know, day off type of a deal. And my grandparents end up calling my wife's phone and they tell her, hey, we're over at the Home Depot right now and they got mulch on sale and it's like half off. So what we did is we bought you 10 bags of mulch and we're on our way over there right now. I'm like, and I go, listen, this is a, this is a good gift, right? And I go, no, 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 tell them to turn around, take it back, tell them I don't want it because I know Grams is gonna wanna talk with us for at least an hour and a half the Tigers are, you know, who knows what's going to happen, and that's going to ruin my time. And then they're like, no, 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 we're just going to come. They're very persistent. They, I love them to death. So here's what happens, though. They come over to the house. They pull up into the driveway, and then they take 10 bags of mulch out of their trunk and put it right down next to my third stall and leave it there. And here's what I do. I wait till they go to the backyard. My wife goes out to greet them, and I'm, I'm upset. I'm whining. This is me. This is who I am, okay? And uh, I, I come out, and I, I come to the mulch, and here's, here's what I'm thinking about a good gift that I'm receiving. Now I've got to open up my garage. I've got to pull out some stuff. I've got to make more room for something that I didn't ask for. I'm gonna have to do manual labor for this. I'm gonna have to pick up every single one of those bags because they're like 20 pounds a piece, right? Every single one of them, one by one, I'm gonna have to lay them down in my garage. This is gonna take me at least 10 minutes. I don't have 10 minutes. <laughs> I don't have 10 minutes. The tiger's around, man, you know, this ain't happening, right? This is literally what I'm thinking. What is wrong with me? 
Because the truth is, is that tomorrow we're gonna lay down mulch in our yard that we got for free. A good gift. And I was ungrateful about it. I, I didn't want it. I was horrible at receiving it. I kinda got upset at my grandparents for them going out of their way to give me something that is good even though I didn't ask for it. How many times do we do this with God? That's my question. Do we, because I know that I'm guilty of this. You know, it's so easy because in the scripture, in the passage of scripture that we read, what does it say? It says, ask, you'll receive. Seek, you'll find. Knock, I'll open that puppy up to you. It's almost like we got a blank check from God as it relates to prayer with him, is it not? I mean, do you guys see it any differently? A blank check. So how many times have you gone to God and said, God, I need this, God, I want this, I want this, which he's saying, come to me, ask me anything you want, doesn't matter what it is, and then you don't get what you asked for, but you get something else that's good, and you fail to recognize it as being good, because I know I'm guilty of this. That's what this passage of scripture, you know, it, it convicted me, frankly. And so uh, it's interesting that we make this passage of scripture about us. And it's been made to be all about us. How much we're asking, how much we're seeking, how much we're knocking. As if, you know, we say, what, what happens if you don't get what you ask for, what you want from God? What happens is you start thinking, and I start thinking, oh my goodness, I need to ask more. I need to spend more time praying. I need to seek more. I need to knock more. Not sure where I need to knock, but I'm gonna try to do that somewhere, you know, maybe at the house. I can, you know, and it, it, you kind of get confused, but then you see somebody else is like, well, hang on a second. They got blessed. He got blessed. She got blessed with what I was asking for. Why, why is that? Oh, wait, wait. Maybe she speaks to God and, and asks God for 45 minutes, and I only did five minutes. So maybe I need to up my, my game a little bit. Instead of five minutes, I'm gonna go to 45 and we just start making it all about what we do, all about us, all about us. But let me tell you something. I don't believe that this scripture at all is just about us. We play a part in it, but I believe it's more about God than it is about us. And that's what we're gonna talk about. Point number one tonight is this. It's not about us, it's all about God. It's not about us, it's all about God. But in order to understand what Jesus is saying, we need to understand exactly what was happening when Jesus taught this. So back at the time, Jesus, uh, the people of, of Jerusalem and, and where he was preaching and teaching, they actually related to God through someone else. It was usually, you know, they went to temple, they went to tabernacle, and inside of this temple and tabernacle, there was an inner court, there was an outer court. There was a holy place, there was a most holy place, and only the priests could go in. They had to take an animal, sacrifice it, and if it wasn't done perfectly, there could be all sorts of crazy things that could happen, and they related to God through a priest, and so Jesus decides to take a predominantly Jewish group of people up onto a mountain. See, Matthew 7 is in the Sermon on the Mount. You may have heard of that, where he takes these people up onto a mountain, and most of them, the majority of them, were blue-collared Jewish folks. 
he takes them up onto this mountain. He begins to teach. He begins to preach. And then when he gets to the place in Matthew chapter 6 where he's talking to them about prayer, here's what he says to them. And I know that they were stunned. Their minds were blown because they were so used to relating to God through someone else. And Jesus starts off by saying, when you pray to God, when you pray to God, when you pray to God, and right out of the gates, they gotta be thinking, huh? He's, he's actually telling us that we can talk to, to God? I don't gotta go to, you know, to church to do that. I don't have to go to temple to do that. I don't gotta go to temple. I don't have to go talk to the priest to do that. No, no, no. When you talk to God, their minds are blown. They're stunned. And then he says this. And when you talk to him, say this. Abba. Abba. Father. Dad, listen, he was using street talk of the day. See, we hear it as this. We hear it as our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Listen, that's old English traditional language to us. We don't talk like that anymore. I hope you don't. You guys talk to your wives like that and stuff? That'd be weird, right? We don't talk like that anymore. Listen how they would have heard it. They would have heard it like this at the time because everyone who was alive called their earthly father Abba. They call him dad, daddy, papa, pops. You know, in my iPhone, if you were to look up my dad's phone number, it says, I have it stored as pops. And when I call my dad, I say, hey, pops, what's going on? How you doing? Let's get together. Let's have, that's how I relate to my father. He's using street terminology to them. So they would have heard it like this, something along these lines. Hey, dad, I know you're in heaven. So incredible. You are absolutely amazing beyond what I can even imagine. You're the best father that anyone could ever ask for. And people are thinking, what? Is this, is this for real? Is this actually how we can relate to God? I want to know. This is how Jesus relates. I want to relate to God like that. I've always felt like I wanted to, you know, all the things that must be rushing through their, their minds and he's, he's breaking it down for them and he's saying, listen, God wants to conversate with you, an average, ordinary, blue-collared human being because I've come to make all things new. And now because of what I'm gonna do, you can relate to God the Father this way. He wants to talk to you he wants to listen to you. And listen to me, the most pervasive, the most radical, the most incredible part of this teaching, one scholar said, is not even that Jesus was saying that you could go talk to God like this, Abba, Daddy, Father. It's not even, you could, it's not even that's not the most radical part. The most radical part of the teaching is this, that God will hear you God will hear you when you do talk to him. And here's my question tonight. Do you believe that? Do you believe that today? Because I know sometimes we feel distant from God, that God's in a bad mood, that God is mad. And listen to me. These people thought that God was cosmically mad at them. And here's Jesus saying, no, he's good. He's amazing. He's awesome. He wants to talk to you. And not only does he want to talk to you, he's going to listen to you. And not only that, but he's going to listen and respond to you. Their minds are completely blown. 
What is he, he's painting a picture up on this mountain to these people about his father in heaven, our father in heaven, what he's really like. And so he's definitely got their attention at this point. And he goes on, he's, he's advocating relationship with God, you and God. You can talk, he's gonna listen. You can talk, he's gonna listen, and he's going to respond to you. Their minds are being blown. Ask, seek, knock, he's listening. He wants to give stuff to you, good things to you, and he wants you to seek him and find him, and he wants to open up doors for you. Radical teaching. Point number two is this. God is not a trickster. So the second portion of this scripture is this. Verse nine and 10 says this. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. Now bread and fish, what is he talking about? He's talking about the staple meal of the time. And you, if you've read the Bible and read through the scriptures and the gospels, you'll see bread and fish in other areas of, of the story in the, in the gospels of Jesus. You remember when the, the little boy came along with the Long John Silver snack pack, right? Jesus says, yeah, let's, 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 let's use that right there. And he says, Father, bless it, right? And it multiplies and it's a buffet now, right? For everyone, bread and fish. But listen, bread and fish represent necessities of life. Bread and fish were the, the carbs and the protein, necessities that we still all need today, right? But now it, for us, it's changed a little bit. It's burger and fries, right? A little more on the unhealthy side, you know what I'm saying? Pizza, pop, you know, that's, there's carbs and protein in there somewhere, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll pretend like there is now. But go 90-10, Scott, 90-10. You need to lose some weight. <laughs> I'm kidding. You're looking good. I am on that end of the deal. Okay, so back to the teaching. Bread and fish, right? Staple meals. It's necessities. God is not a trickster. What is he, what is he trying to say? What is he trying to say? This is what he's trying to say. Every single one of the people that Jesus was talking to that day and every single person that I'm talking to in this room and by simulcast, every single one of us share something. We've all been hurt. We've all been disappointed. We've all been manipulated. We've all been disgraced by somebody maybe close to us, maybe a friend, maybe a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a brother, a sister, a father, a mother, Husband, wife, bottom line is we've all been hurt. We've all had people in this broken world say something to us and not follow through on it. Say one thing and do another. Hurt us, manipulate us, trick us. And Jesus is saying, listen, if your children, you being sinful people, if your children ask you for bread and fish, are you gonna give them a stone or a snake? No, what is he saying? Your heavenly father is good. He is not a trickster. He is your provider and he wants to give you everything that you need. He's your provider. He's saying he's not 
manipulative. God is not a trickster. God is sovereign. God is good. God is faithful. God is not inconsistent. God is constant. God is amazing. God is very, very, very good. God will never change. He was the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Your heavenly Father is never, ever, ever gonna do to you like someone else did to you. He doesn't wanna hurt you. He is not mad at you. He is not angry at you. He loves you very much and he will provide everything that you will ever need in this lifetime. That's exactly what, listen, it's not about us. It was about God, is it not? Are you seeing it this way? And he's saying he's never gonna do those things to you. He's not a manipulator. He's not a trickster. So if you ask him for something, you can ask, and again, guys, it's a blank check. You know what I'm saying? If, if you've got a Ford Mustang GT on your mind, ask for it. You never know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and if you get one, awesome. Come pick me up. Let's rock. You know what I'm saying? But listen, you can ask him. You may not get it, though. You may not get it. But he says, blank check, ask what you want. But here's what God is going to do. He's always going to give you what you need. And we're gonna break this down a little bit more because the third point is this. The Spice Girls apparently know scripture. <laughs> oh man, if you know the Spice Girls, come on, I, I gotta know, it's Wednesday night crowd. How many of you know the Spice Girls? Raise your hands, don't be, okay, good. Yeah, you were afraid to laugh in church at that, weren't you? <laughs> don't lie to me, you were, you were. It's okay, it's funny. All right, Matthew seven eleven. And we're gonna finish on this. So if you, sinful people, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts, good things, good stuff, good gifts. Everyone say good gifts. Say good things and good stuff. He wants to give good things to those who ask him. Those who ask him, everybody give it up for Bruce tonight. Is Bruce amazing? He's awesome. He's, uh, I asked him to come up here and play keys at the end of my sermon, so it's gonna get real spiritual in here. Just embrace it, okay? It's awesome. <laughs> Super emotional. I'm kidding, relax. <laughs> so the Spice Girls, right? See, super spiritual. Spice Girls. Uh, when I was reading this scripture, it's as if God is saying, come to me, son, come to me, daughter. I wanna conversate with you. And in that conversation, I want you to ask me whatever it is that you want. And there was a song that I remember when I was growing up, I was in high school, that the Spice Girls sang. And you know how your mind isn't, you know, saved? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> But your spirit is, right? And this is what came to my mind. It was a Spice Girls song, and it goes like this. Yo, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to really, really, really want. As if it say, ah. You remember that? You do. You don't want to laugh. You remember it, though. But listen to me. Here's the crazy thing. God says, come to me. Tell me what you really, really want. 
Tell me what you really, really want. Don't come to me and ask for a loaf of bread and think that I'm gonna give you a stone. Don't ask, don't think you're more spiritual asking for a stone because some people's theology is, I've been bad, I haven't done good enough for God. You'll never do good enough for God. Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. You can't do anything else, it's finished. So stop praying for a stone because that's not genuine, that's not authentic. You know you have things that you want, things that you need, and he says, tell me what you want, what you really, really want, but here's the problem. We don't even know what we want. Come on, somebody, you know that's truth tonight. Search your heart, you'll know it to be true. You and I don't know what we really want. I want something this week that I won't even want next week. I went to a Tigers game two weeks ago, stopped at Meyer before we went, bought a hat, put it on, $20. I get to Tiger Stadium, walk into another store, and I'm like, oh my God, I love everything in here. I bought another hat because it was better than the one that I already got, then walked into the stadium and saw another hat that was better than that one. And I looked at my wife and she says, "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. I said, I want that. I want that one. She's like, you got problems. I know I do, but at least I'm honest about it, right? You know, I don't, and then I'm on this Tigers kick, you know, my son's playing baseball, and McNamara, you know what I'm talking about, brother, you know, his kid plays baseball too, and you get on this kick, and, and now I wanted to go back to another game. We went to the one game, and my son just loved it, and so the last week, this is like last, I forget when it was last week, but I'm online now, and I'm going, we're going to get back to another game, so I looked the schedule up, and I clicked on the the, the deal, and then, you know, you find your tickets, and I'm about to purchase another set of tickets for last Friday's game against the White Sox, and right before I hit purchase the tickets, I had this thought in my head, you know, I'm going to sleep on that, because in the moment, I wanted it. I wanted it bad. Slept on it. Woke up the next day and was like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't do that. Didn't want it anymore. Isn't it amazing how your children and how you get something and you want something nicer? You get one car, you need another car or a better car. My son starts out with the Wii, then it's the Xbox 360, and now I want the Xbox One. More stuff. I want more things. I want more stuff. I'm still not content, right? You and I don't even know what we really, really want. So God is saying, listen, come to me. Tell me what you really, really want. I'm all good with that. But here's the cool thing about God, because God is not a heavenly gift registry. He's way better than that. He's way better than that. He says, you tell me what you want. Ask me anything. I don't care what it is. Blank check. Ask me what you really, really want, and I'll take that stuff, and I'll sift through all of it for you, and I may give you something. I may go outside the gift registry, and I may give you something that you don't even know you want now, but you might want later. Hence the mulch. I didn't want it at the time. I want it tomorrow. It's going to make my yard look real nice. But listen, if you go to him and you ask for a Ford Mustang GT and you don't get it, but he gives you a pair of socks. That was a horrible illustration. (laughs) But listen, whatever God decides to give you, everything good, every good gift comes down from the Father of lights. 
is what scripture says. Everything that we get, and here's the thing, we get so focused on sometimes on what we want that we fail to see all the good things that God has given us and all the good things that God has put into our lives. And those are the things, anything noble, anything praiseworthy, anything that is good, meditate on those things. And it'll change your perspective. So he says, tell me what you want. And then do you trust me that I'm a good enough father? I am a good enough dad that I can take whatever it is that you ask me and I'll sift through all of that stuff and I'll give you what you really want and even better I give you because I know you better than you know you. Jesus knows you better than you know you. How, how, you know that? Listen, did he not know Peter better than Peter knew Peter? Peter, you will deny me tonight three times. What did he say? I surely won't. Uh-uh, ain't happening. Rooster crowed. Uh-huh, someone else knew someone better than themselves. God knows you better than you know you. He knows what you need better than you know what you need. So ask him. He takes it, sifts through it for you, and says, I'm gonna give you something good. But when you see it for what it is, it'll be good. When you recognize that it all comes from the Father of lights, it's all good. And it helps lead us to more contentment. Godliness with contentment is great gain, Paul says in the book of Timothy. Now, this particular teaching of Scripture is in the Synoptic Gospels. The Synoptic Gospels are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. This teaching is written in each of those three books. And I want to break it down. I want to, I want to show you something, how, how Luke breaks it down for us, because it's so good. Luke eleven thirteen. the same teaching of Jesus, and this is what he says. He gets up to the point, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts? Oops. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Isn't that interesting? I think Luke is saying this. Yes, God wants to give you good gifts. God's all about giving you good gifts. He's gonna give you good things. He's committed to doing that. But listen to me, he wants to give you the best thing of all himself. Because the truth is, is that no matter how long, and, and I know there's people in here that have lived a lot longer than me, but I've come to realize something. The older that I get, all that I really, really want, all that I really, really need is God himself. Because if I've got him, then I've got everything. Come on, somebody, that's good preaching. He wants to give you himself. And listen to me, I don't know where you're at in your walk. If you're on the fence of following Jesus, or maybe you've been following Jesus for a really long time, could you use more of them? Could you use a little bit more of them? Every single day of your life, absolutely. Because Jesus is the answer to all of our problems. He is the answer to all of our needs and all of our desires. He is the one thing that we desire, and we just didn't know it then, but we know it now, don't we? And when you ask God for him, for more of him, do you know that he comes running? <laughs> do you know that he responds to that every single time, no matter what? because he's a good father. Would you guys bow your heads and close your eyes? I wanna pray for some people tonight. If you're here 
and you don't know Jesus? Because I'll tell you what, the people that were with Jesus on that mountain that day, I guarantee you, they came down that mountain. Could you imagine the moment coming down with them? And you're thinking, oh my God, this God of ours is so absolutely amazing. This God that he talks about, I want to know him. And they came down that mountain, not with more rules, not with more regulations, not with more stuff to do. They came down with relationship, wanting a relationship, wanting to know this God. And if you're here, you are here by divine appointment. You are not here by accident. And you've never decided to follow Jesus, but you know that he's the only thing that you want, that he is the only thing that you need, and you're here and you want to make that decision tonight, you are here by divine appointment. And then if you're here, and if you've been away from God, you've been doing your own thing, but you know that God is calling you by name. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and my sheep hear my voice, and I call them by name. And he's been calling you by name because you showed up here tonight. That's evidence that he's been speaking to you. And so I'm gonna ask on the count of three if that's you and you want to make that decision tonight, do not delay, make that decision. One, God loves you, he is not mad at you. He wants a relationship with you. Two, you're here by divine appointment, it is your time. Three, raise your hand up in the air so that I can see it. Father, I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for your goodness, for your kindness, your mercy, that it's your kindness that leads us to repentance and leads us to change. God, I thank you that you desire relationship with us, Lord. I thank you that we can come to you, we can ask you whatever we want. God, that we can just, we can seek you. We're gonna find you, Lord, that we're gonna keep knocking. You're gonna open up doors for us, Lord. Thank you for being so good to us, God. Father, I pray for everyone in this room right now, Lord, that they'd leave here wanting to speak with you more, wanting to spend more time with you, and wanting to, just to get things off their chest no matter what it is and wanting to hear from you, God. So I pray that you just continue to speak to them, continue to transform them into the image and likeness of your son. And we thank you for that tonight. In Jesus' name, we all together said, amen. For more information about ResLife, please visit our website at reslife.org. If you have questions about ResLife or would like directions to visit us, please feel free to call 616 534 4923